This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! I've gone from sort of not 60 in terms of LS pod appearances. <laughs> well, I hope you've had a splendid weekend. We're here now to really get into the Swindon Town nitty gritty. Andrew Hawes and your 11. We've got loads. I love your title. We've had to, we've had to, you know, get a little bit relaxed on some of the usual house rules for the My 11, but your, your suggestion was so good. I thought, why not? But we'll get to that a little bit later. We like to really get into the fibre of this Swindon Town love that you have. So first of all, Andrew, why Swindon Town? Um, it's, a, it's a family uh, honour, stroke privilege, stroke um, disa- <laughs> disaster. Um, although I didn't, uh, I didn't live there as a kid, my parents uh, are both Swindonians. They met, you know, they met in Swindon. They married in Swindon. Um, even though we didn't live in Swindon, the first game I was taken to was a Swindon game at the at the county ground. Um, I kind of let it drift a little bit as a as a kid, but it, it kind of re- was resurgent in my my latter teenage years, really. So um, family uh, family responsibility, and it's um it's sort of one one kind of thing that uh, combined or. Uh, most of the most of the horse clan, my brother being an honourable exception, can uh, can talk about it at uh, family gatherings, and not feel awkward. 
<laughs> so, so who did you have the uh, the support of during those wayward years? Um, I I did have a slight um, flirtation with Nottingham Forest under Brian Clough. So, um, you know, their their kind of Euro, their kind of European Cup days. They they sort of seen the underdogs to Liverpool, as it were, in um in a sense. So so yes, I I think um I think like we all are at a, at a certain point the the sort of mysticism of the genius manager kind of over um overtook me. So um so you know I I didn't I didn't completely desert Swindon, but um you know um I'll but I'll trot out excuse it. But if you if you bear in mind. At this at this point, when you know when when I was a lad, and you know we just emer- we just emerged from our our caves and learned to bang rocks together, and all <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, I'm I'm not living in I'm not living in Swindon. You can't get regional TV. You've not got internet. Um, the the kind of to be able to sort of feel connected to it was was quite um, quite difficult, really. Whereas the the sort of bits of football you would get would be much more even then focused on the the first division as it was at um at that point so um Nottingham Forest turned my head a, a little but um I don't uh, I don't feel I I don't feel I regret ultimately committing to the first love well you're forgiven young man as he would have said I'm sure so so does that mean that you have two first games with Swindon the the, the pre Nottingham Forest and the post or do you just count the one um that I suppose I suppose there is a bit more of a yeah that, that's prob- that's probably fair because um, the first one I had I had to look this up and double check that this did in fact happen and I didn't make it up <laughs> um, but you know the wonderful Swindon hyphen town hyphen fc dot co dot uk saved me um, I was convinced I'd been to a game where we lost four three at home to Fulham and there is one that fits within the right um, the right timeline so that that's the um, that's the first one. Apparently, David Peach played. So, so goodness knows, goodness knows what sort of era that um, we were in at, at that point. I think, I think it's nine. I think it's nineteen seventy eight. So he was a flop signing, David Peach, yeah. wasn't he? He was meant to be the big signing, and it didn't work out. Yeah, no, I heard he'd. Um, he was. I think essentially he was John Trollope's replacement. He'd been good Ooh. at Southampton, hadn't he? I, yeah. From what I from what I recall of his story. So, and then and then after after that we'd um, we're I didn't really go back to a game, although it's sort of sort of early early nineties it kind of grew back. Um where was it? I think um let's see. I think the first one I actually went to after a while was I think it was a game against Charlton but at West Ham, because again I'm sort of based in the, the southeast at this point. So that so that kind of um I kind of picked it back up up there and started kind of going a bit more a bit more a bit more after that and I was I was kind of lucky because I after a, a few games like that by a complete fluke in my local pub in suburban sorry um I saw someone in a Swindon shirt and I'm like good good look good lord where has where has this species descended from and um uh he's a, a guy called uh, Steve Kazmar who's on the town informer has been and you know um we've uh We've known each other for oh my god, yes, a long time, a long, a long time now. So um, I kind of had someone I could get a games with for a little bit, and then it all sort of 
uh, wound wound back up into being. Yeah, we get about, don't we, Swindon fans? We we are everywhere. There is no escaping us. So that's 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 lovely. So, what are your earliest memories and fondest memories uh, of following Swindon as a as a fan? Um, let's see. I think I think kind of. Um, I think, like I said, it, it is a bit difficult because it is it is sort of from afar, really. So it it probably it's. It's probably a little more kind of early nineties than late than late eighties. I think I think sort of vaguely. I'm kind of. I think I was conscious of the Lou Macari era without really sort of being um, into it. But it it's a bit it's a bit more where you kind of hit the hit the sort of Glenn Hoddle era that I'm really getting. I'm getting kind of super hardcore. Um, if you are getting more hardcore, if you like, at that point. So so I th- I think it's uh, there are sort of various bits of that. That kind of season dotted around really. Um, the era I've probably went to games most home and away as a fan is the is the sort of aftermath of the the Premier League and the the kind of um, the the intriguing existence we led under under Steve McMahon. So I think I can remember doing the conga on a <laughs> wet terrace at Sunderland when we're when. Sunderland and Swindon are essentially scrapping to fall out of the championship and some leading. We we kind of know we're going to get relegated again and people just, we're just like, stuff this. You know, you'd, you'd come, you come up from London to Sunderland for the day and that. Um, so I I can remember that in, and at Roker Park as well, where where it was a like classic wind machine gale chucking it down. So <laughs> I think, um, you know, Maybe that encapsulates the whole Swindon experience slightly too well. Um, yeah. Try, try, trying to make the best of a terrible defeat far far away from home somewhere. We did Gallows humour quite well at that point, because I remember famously when we went down from the Premier League, QPR singing, going down, going down, going down, and Swindon fans chanting back, so are we, so are yeah, we, so are yeah, we. No, yeah, no, that, no, actually, no, that was a... That that was that was a great day as well. Like I did, I did go to that one, and that was like we haven't won an away game all season, and it's like didn't matter, but it, it still felt fantastic to win <laughs> away from home and actually do the double over QPR, which was which must have been equally um, demeaning for them, even though they had nothing to play for at the time. And uh, and I bet our friend Super Sammy Parkin mentions it quite a bit in your car journeys. Well, if, if he doesn't, I I like to remind him. <laughs> oh, he he remembers, doesn't he? he definitely. He, he's a, a like I say, he's a an absolute nineties football encyclopedia. Yeah, it's the best time. It's the best time. Lovely. And and what what are the standout games that that you that you're most fond of? And it doesn't always have to be like five fives and six nils. Just games that really stand out. Are we to, are we talking just as a fan or or con? Wow. Yeah. You, you, you go wherever you want to go. Okay. This. Um. I think there's one I'm really fond of. Again, strangely enough, it's actually at, at QPR, and again, it's the Steve McMahon era. And again, we've been pretty useless. <laughs> and I decided the best way to make my feelings known about this was to cover the sponsors logo. Um, you know, you know those sort of newspaper ransom kind of notes you'd see, yeah. as, as it were. Yeah. Um, I made one of those, which was McMahon out on Ooh. the middle of the shirt, because um, I, I was really quite militant about Steve McMahon, as you may as. Um, it, it seems like it's inevitably going to unfold. I think. I think um, somewhere on the internet is still my piece on the the wash bag on the Steve McMahon era. Um, for those for those interested, assuming that hasn't been um, confined some confined somewhere to 
to Digital Hell. Um, Ifianura had just arrived, but actually we we played pretty well. He scored. We won. I think we won. I should have looked this up. I think we won two one. Um, I'm open to correction, but but and there were a lot there were lots of people there, and it was just in a again in not a great era. It was that was a it was just a day that was fun. Um, good time at you know good time in the pub beforehand. Enjoyed the game. We won away from home. Had a good time. Decent performance. Scored the goals in front of the away end. So um, there's there's odd there's odd games like that. And again. Um, Again, there's one at Bradford that probably no one else remembers for some reason. Um, we won nil down late on. Uh, Chris Kamara's in charge of Bradford. And it's 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 like a re- it's like a really good game. It's a real sort of kind of back and forth between them. We're probably gonna lose. We're in the, the sort of double decker, double decker stand behind the goal. And in front of that, Chris Hay volleys in an equalizer and stoppage time, and you all go mad. And you know. Very odd, like random memories like that that probably fade away for ninety percent of people. Um, they they sometimes they sometimes stick with you, and for whatever reason that that game does up there as well. So, um, like I say, very 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 obscure. No great me, no great sort of um, meaning in the grand scheme of things. But um, so I, you know, the, the sort of personal games stick with you, and you know, I mean, I did I did go to a reasonable amount of the Premier League games, so. Um, I should, you know, you shouldn't ignore that. I mean, go I, drawing at Anfield was tremendous and frustrating at the same time, but leading twice at Anfield. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I did do, a, I did a couple of co-commentaries with with Keith Scott, and I did get to say to him, I can still now, even as we talk, picture the concentration on his face when he's shooting to put us two one up again, in, right in front of the the away end. So. So you know the, I guess you know the Premier League was a, a sort of experience of its own, but it, it's all it's always slightly tempered by the fact you knew pretty quickly it was going to be one hit and this and out really. So, um, but but you know that that was a good that was should have won um, as it turned out. Um, you know they get they get late equaliser, um, but we still we still draw at Liverpool although Liverpool aren't quite the force then that they are now there were empty seats that's for sure that yeah that day. Oh, oh, oh exactly you know don't <laughs> uh, don't let these big clubs let you think that they constantly sell out all the time and they've always been in a petrol thing and one more which, which I, I may touch on slightly when we get to the 11 um, again uh, that's quite, I've suddenly noticed here there's quite a lot of us being good under Steve McMahon when we normally weren't um, it's Manchester City late nineties. We're on a terrible run. We've got a lot of injuries. Manchester City are, are in their sort of decline that takes them down into into um, the the third division at this point, as it were, whatever it was called at the time. And I t- I turn up with minimal expectations. It's a big crowd because um you know even then Manchester City was still a draw, still had loads of fans, and we win and we win two 0 with pretty much a scratch eleven. It's like we've we've punched one of the bigger clubs on the nose, and it felt good. I think the theme, and it's certainly relatable for me, it's the games where you remember going and not expecting anything that you remember the most. Like I, so many games that I've been to that have been big bill, you know, the ones that like you'll go into the game knowing it's a huge event. Mm-hmm. And even when it's worked in our favour, they're not the games that I look back most fond. You know, like 
the the great day against Port Vale when we when we won five nil and lifted the League Two trophy. There was I mean I guess there was a there was a level of sort of expectation with that. Yeah, I probably should have added the the playoff semi final second leg against Charlton as an exception to that because that that was that was brilliant madness because that's, that's a generation that's a once in a generation game. But we're saying that a lot at the moment, aren't we? So. Yeah, for for the for the vast majority of that, we look like. We looked like we've made a terrible pig's ear of it. Um, you know, Phil Smith's had to come on right at the start, which is not why we've made a pig's ear of it, I should say, before I next see Phil. Um, but, uh, and, you know, we're down to 10. Come, you know, and hang on, hold on, come back, epic penalty shootout, all that all that stuff. That, you know, that that should be a game you ought to remember. But but as you say, it's those it's those delightful ones where, well, I think some, I think my, my little sort of theme is sometimes you kind of, you're questioning your faith, really, as it were, and then, um, then unexpected, unexpectedly, that the football gods choose to hand you a, a, a sufficient crumb to make you continue. <laughs> Those football gods, they, they need to cut some slack. What does keep us coming back? Ooh, um, I think I do think ultimately it's it is the people to, to some extent, whether it it's kind of friends you go with or. Or family, I, I think I feel more strongly about that than I used to. Perhaps that's a that's a consequence of age, really. I I do feel perhaps it is the kind of the community aspect of it as much as um as much as the the football, really having you know having some sort of kind of proud Swindonian identity a little bit. Although we we do have a, a, it almost seems a phenomenally number number of sort of fans more of a broader kind of Wiltshire sway than just than just winning but I, I think I think there is that I think there is that that element of it that does that does kind of sustain it really and especially especially sort of getting down handed down to you know down the generations as it were if you I, I'm I'm sure you're ingraining the the youthful pullens as we speak oh I'm trying Andrew I'm trying They'll get there. They'll get there. The, the eldest has thrown a wobbly this evening because they don't want to watch Bristol City women. So that's a good sign. Ooh. In two weeks, she's got no interest in going that, to that at all. The, the big test is if she wants to go to Forest Green in a couple of weeks. So um, <laughs> in a month's time, sorry. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I was just, I was just. There was something about that Man City game that was ringing bells, and it's it's a negative stat, sadly. But you know that ninety six when Allison scored that brace, we played them seven times since. And I think the football gods punished us mm. for that two 0 And I'll tell you what the the runner results are since mm. that that wonderful day at the county ground in November. Lost three nil, lost six nil, lost three one, lost three nil, lost two nil, lost two nil, lost four one. Two goals since then. Coa McCurdy, lovely. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's there's a there's a, there's a whole summary of again the the Stephen Barney and much a much more hidden. Hidden within that lot, isn't there? My indeed, word, indeed. And and before we move on to the eleven, who are the players? They may not be in this eleven because this isn't a my favourite eleven mm. that we're going to go down. Who are the ones that you saw play and were just like yes, and try and avoid people that are in your my eleven? Uh, yeah, um, uh, I do. I do think to um, just on a pure um, his level of ability was like. Oh my lord, Glenn, um, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle really was even in his latter years. I think, I just think, because I think, I think the game—that's the sort of game when I kind of 
came back as came back as not not that I'd entirely been away was was one he played in, and you're just like this is you know watching him kind of ping thirty yard passes around was just um, pretty kind of ridiculous, really. Um, I I enjoy I think I really enjoyed Nicky Summerby as well. Yep, because um, he had some. I guess, I guess you know he was sort of one of the one of the sort of brighter spots of the Premier League, and he exceeded expectations. I can, you know, I can remember that that game against Manchester United, the home game against Manchester United. I think, I think we're, I'm sure I remember Manchester United having to switch fullbacks to try and deal with him. And I can't remember if Paul Parker was the one who was on him first or the one who was on him last. But they were, they definitely were, were kind of struggling to to contain him. So you know, um, he was good. Um, Steve, what? Uh, you know, who couldn't enjoy Steve White in all his uh, <laughs> all his glorious guises? Um, I did. I'm oh lord! I'm going to mention Steve McMahon again. <laughs> thank thank God we won't have to do that all the time during the eleven. But um, when Hereford came back and he scored in the um, yeah, standing that, ovation, and he got he, he he got a standing ovation that infuriated Steve McMahon. And it's like. Our history counts more than you winning a game in this trophy. So just suck it up, you know, just yes. deal with it. Yes, Andrew, that's the spirit. Oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that that is funny. I mean, it, you know, we make it sound like it was Dead Poet Society. It was a very small turnout that day against Hereford, but everyone applauded it, didn't they? Yeah, and, and so they so. should. So they should. And rightly so, absolutely. Anything can happen in a minute or two. It's <laughs> You won't believe this. It's Coventry City 1, Swindon Town 1. Andy Much has equalised for Swindon, and we'll do our best to get that goal for you uh, before we leave you tonight. The whistle's just gone, in fact. It's 1-1 at Highfield Road, Coventry City 1, Swindon Town one, which is great news for Swindon supporters. Ah, right. I think it's time to go into your squad because we always start with a bench. But first, your your topic, your 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 squad. What what have you gone for? Okay. Um, I kind of went for something that I thought would be interesting and allows me to indulge in a few anecdotes, I suppose, and also to be um, historical without without being entirely um a sort of best 11 of of Sw- of Swindon if you like so i ended up calling it players i regret never seeing and players i'd have regretted not seeing and i've made a i've made a very conscious decision to spread it exactly down the middle so there's um so uh, so there's nine of each yeah and and some will be more obvious than others there there won't there won't be many where i like did did you did you see this one and you'll be like <laughs> Don't be cheeky. Um, so, <laughs> and, and, the, and the thing that really stands out before we get going is there's a real affinity with the 62-63 season, which is amazing because it is the forgotten season of success for Swindon. Um, yes, and, and bless you, I was um, I was very lucky because I managed to convince uh, BBC Wiltshire to to let me do a, a podcast series on it. So shame, shameless plug for that. It's still out there, but but it. It is kind of the forgotten season broadly because it's really it's really before there's any coverage of it on television, um, essentially. So um Swindon go up from the sort of the third division for the very first time into the second division with a, a side full of young, homegrown players. And the the one thing that do, does help to bring it to life and um just watch the, watch this if you haven't watch it again if you've watched it, but Although the doc, although the the sort of um, TV documentary Six Days to Saturday is 
from a season later. It just, um, it's just a wonderful capture of an entirely different era, different approach. How you know how the town was in the nineteen sixties and and all that. So even even if you're not massively into the football element of it, I think the social history element of it is just um, an absolute absolute joy. Um, I tried I tried to get a little bit of that in the the sort of podcast series we did, and because it was such a young team, it, it's nice that um, a fair few of them are, were still around to, to talk about it. Been planning to do a watch along for it for quite some time. It will probably just be an hour of me talking about which footballers I would trust to let them cut my hair. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another day. So here we go. This is the players you regret never seeing and the players you'd have regretted not seeing. But we start with the bench. And mm. um, we're going to whiz through these because we want to give the actual 11 the, the time because they've made it into the squad. First one, you've gone with a centre forward, Wayne Allison, who you did see. Yes, yeah. So this is this is sort of mid mid nineties in the happier days of the McMahon era. Um, the thing that sort of Wayne Allison is is symbolic for is at that point we can buy one of Bristol City's starting players. We can take them off him. We can get a player from our rivals. He can be good for us. He can convert properly into the more righteous path. And um, he he had a bit of a reputation as missing a lot of chances and. All strikers miss chances, but actually, I think he missed less than he gave credit for. And he was he was a good he was a good solid popular centre forward. And like I say, we got a decent player from Bristol City, and um, he didn't he did not beat us. I suppose is the thing I'm trying to say, though the the attention's not the same. Um, um, he uh, he turned and uh, he played he played professionally for the the team that uh, that signed him. And um, like I say, we nicked him off Bristol City. Yeah, it, it was pre-sports local main news when that transfer took place in the West Country. You know, it wasn't like, and now sport, Wayne Allison has joined Swindon Town for Bristol City. It was actual news. Mm-hmm. That's how big it was. And the fact that he scored against Bristol City just a couple of months later, delightful. Yes, and he looked pleased. He looked pleased about it as well. <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's none of that. I'm not celebrating against my old club. It's like ah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah, good lad. Okay, well, the next one, the next one is, I think, one that you say that you haven't seen, but I do suspect you might have. But either way, you don't remember, so it counts. It's Jimmy Allen. No, you're no, you're right. You're you're probably are right because, um, in all probability, I haven't checked the lineup for a while. He must have played in that first That's game that game, I yeah. I saw in the. The, the late seventies, but I I have no I have virtually no recollection of the actual game itself whatsoever. So um, again, just a a player, long ser- long serving player, big part of Swindon history, and a, perhaps a kind of lesser era in the in the sort of decline of the seventies and the, some of the darker bits of of the eighties. But um, clearly a, a very good goalkeeper, like a, and um, having sort of met met him at the the museum opening, um, actually a lovely a lovely and engaging engaging person as well which is nice but again it's um he's he's sort of um partly um nominally as such um when i play stroke played football i'm a goalkeeper so i have affiliation for for goalkeepers um i don't delude myself that i was ever any good at it by the way just (laughs) just just to make that very clear i'm not a i'm not a frustrated footballer sitting in the commentary box um but (laughs) but you know jimmy allen was was a big part of uh a decade or more for Swindon, so um, it would have been nice to have a, a sort of proper understanding of how good a goalkeeper he uh, he was. I think it's quite sadly, despite his four hundred plus appearances in terms of legacy, the man before him was Peter Downsborough, and the and the man three years later 
was Fraser Digby, and what can you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're you're just a, you're just a bit unlucky there, aren't you? Yeah. Sandwich between those two. Yeah, the, the next one is a definite. You saw multiple spells. It's Ben Gladwin. Is there a particular era? Um, it's it's essentially the f- the first era primarily, although. Um, the goal he scored against Scunthorpe on his sort of final return, uh, the first game there was final return. He's not coming back at any point. Uh, this final, final return for now. That um, <laughs> I think. I think in also in also. I think a lot. I think a lot of people fancy him to be become a good a good coach. So um, whether he'll be back, but um, the be- the best of Ben Gladwin in the first spell. The thing you the thing I really struck me was. Generally, he looked like he moved fairly slowly, and yet when he'd run with the ball, he seemed faster than when he <laughs> ran without the ball. He'd just glide past people. Um, I can remember a sort of hat trick at Rochdale in particular. That that's just what that was just what he did at his sort of very best in the in the peak of that first spell, and it, um, it you know it did feel kind of special and different. So that that's why he's in there. He he just popped in his first spell. There was just one segment of the season where it just clicked at the right time for us both in terms of getting to the playoffs and also selling him on to QPR. Yeah, yeah, and, and, indeed, you know, inevitably, in, 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 he's, he's good for six months, let's, let's get him out, let's get him out the door, get him out the door and get a nice sack of cash in as, as soon as, as soon as possible. But yeah, it was, it was just, he was, um, you know, again, sort of arrived from non-league and a, a sort of slightly... Ben Gladwin exotic, there we go. But I'm about to say, he's a slightly sort of exotic surprise. Oh, well, if we're going for exotic surprise, well, the next one is along those lines. Somebody who I'm a fanboy of, he's been on the pod, he's gone on to bigger and better things, shall we say. Sadly, you never saw him, Nestor Lorenzo. No, no, I, d- I didn't manage to catch him in the, the early 90s. The current Columbia coach, I believe, at time of at time of recording here. Yeah, um, but again, he's he's a kind of mythical figure because it's we bought Nesta Lorenzo for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. We didn't pay anything for Nesta Lorenzo, and we're never quite sure where the money went. Supposedly, um, so so th- there's that kind of aspect to it, and there's that aspect of a world a World Cup winner just rolling up at Swindon. Ooh, and not, finalist, finalist. Sorry, finalist. You're quite right. You're quite right. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, no, West Germany won, Argentina now. Come on, let's get that right. Um, but but yeah, but you know, someone who's been involved at that kind of exotic elite level, just sort of um, pitch, pitching up seemingly at random. So again, it, it's just kind of curiosity as to how good he actually was. Maybe you can tell, mate. Uh, well, I, I, if you read up on Nestor Renzo, you know the, the the feedback from many of the clubs that he played for isn't that great. But I think that really, for me as a young kid at that stage it's all about the fact that he played for Argentina Mm. the year he plays in a World Cup final to play for Swindon Town uh, almost joining your almost beloved Nottingham Forest beforehand but but just incredible and he just it probably won't ever happen again but it's just he was good he started well and I think it's just the Glenn Hoddle transition it just didn't work Mm. out for him at Swindon and it was a tough season that he signed in after the the shenanigans and then you know we just about stayed up and then Glenn Hoddle took it by the scruff of the neck and and that was that for Nesta Lorenzo in Swindon but I'm still so happy he's very fond of the club yeah no that that's great and um I suppose this again again it's it's kind of translating eras a little bit um 
a player who played in a World Cup final now, we'd probably know almost everything about player who played in a World Cup final in 1990, you don't, you wouldn't see on the television, especially if they, especially, you know, if most of their career has been played in South America, they're, they're, ju- they're just a kind of mystery to you at that point, really. Yeah, absolutely. Next one. If there isn't a book about this footballer, about his life, there should be. He is, I would say, criminally, not not off the radar at Swindon, but his achievements at the club are huge. But he, he's rarely talked about, and I don't know why. Well, it's time, isn't it? A lot of people don't care about yeah. the history of Swindon that maybe others do. But Harry Morris, centre-forward, 229 goals and 279 appearances, and then they bombed him out. And then he had a, a life where he was a civil servant in the USA, managed in Sweden. Just an absolutely incredible. He makes my 11 in this. In, in my version, he makes the 11. I just love to see what he was all about. Yeah, exactly. You'd love to see that. You'd be fa- you'd be fascinated to be able to go back in time, I think, and just experience a game from that era, both in terms of what it was like, in terms of literally sort of how the ca- how the county ground was, how people sort of, you know, how people did, did kind of support then with a were there? Ch- it's almost like were there chance? Do, do you know what I mean? It's just there's just so much there's so much mystery there in how the whole era was. Um, other than, you know, sort of war free scoring score lines, but you'd love to see again how this player, how this striker was, who scored so many goals at so different times and had such a um, a fascinating life. Um, I when I was sort of um, covering Brighton. Uh, I met a guy called uh, Andy Arledge who sort of worked on the worked on the press there. His uh, but his his father was from um, kind of Swindon and sort of um, it was Rob Arledge who went on to be a, who was quite a successful journalist, I think, for in Brighton. But his 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 great affection apparently was for Swindon, and he tells this some um, story. I don't know if this is a good anecdote or not, but there was supposedly a play on in Swindon, and it's um it's some kind of high melodrama uh where uh one of the female characters wails oh dearie me what shall i do what shall i do and apparently someone in the crowd calls out give it to morris and that apparently <laughs> is the, that apparently is the solution to all of swindon's problems <laughs> it's a good anecdote well done lovely lovely stuff yeah harry morris all we ask all i ask is just go on his wikipedia page and see some of those links because it's, it's quite the career we'll move on to someone from far more recent days and we're not gonna we're not gonna coo too much because it's 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 one of your colleagues it's sam parkin yeah um you know uh signed um i think i can remember sam signing and looking at his goal record for northampton the previous season thinking well i'm not sure this bloke's gonna score that many goals and we were we were quickly sort of disabused of that motion um Great goal scorer, lovely person. Won't do, won't dwell on that too much because um, I'm sure I'm sure people will <laughs> will have will have figured out. Um, I'm I'm very I'm very fond of Sam, but um, a sort of bright a brighter light of a not so good era, and also it, it's lovely that he holds the the club in in genuine regard still. And I think I think always always will as sort of you know kind of his professionally his his kind of club in the sense that that's. That's where it all happened for him, and he has a lot of 
a lot of good memories. And it was great to see him play and finish and score a lot of goals. Yes, I'm more than sure we tested his patience during his career on more than one occasion, <laughs> but he, he, he stuck around for longer than he probably needed to. Your final substitute, kind of known for being a substitute, although he was only a substitute 17 times for Swindon, as was the era, of course, but in the early stages of substitutions, it's probably quite a lot. He did start 104 games. He came on at Wembley. It's Willie Penman. Yeah. um, There's um, there's a sort of interesting discussion about the the League Cup final team that um, I I think we sort of had, we ended up having kind of in the, in the process of going through the 11, really. Some of them are remembered exceptionally well and some of them, some of them are not, and um, if you sort of you know go through the go through the list, you go through the, the team, and I'm, I've realised I'm going to fail to do that now. If you ask me, Lord help me, to my shame, to my shame. But Willie Penman, if you were if you're doing a sporkle quiz on it, I should say Willie Penman is probably one of the harder names for you to get. So um, partly I wanted to give him to you, but partly, if you'll forgive me, I wanted to vent um, on Willie Penman's behalf if I can, because. Um, I think possibly the most annoyed I've been in the Lee Power era, and there were plenty of reasons to get very annoyed about a lot of stuff, um, was uh, the week Willie Penman died, uh, Walsall, you know, put it on their put it on their website first because um, he played for them. And, you know, that, that's fine. Maybe he moved back there, maybe he had better connections. But the week he died, we had a home game afterwards and there was nothing, not a mention of it in... You know, there wasn't a minute's applause. I don't. I don't think it got kind of. I think you know. I think there was a brief tribute on the website, but in terms of commemorating him on the sort of Saturday, you know, after his death has been announced, not a smidgen. And that 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 um, doesn't necessarily sum up the the kind of lack of care in all areas, but just um, that's probably in. In a non-financial way, that's probably a fitting indictment of, of that particular era, I think. You're quite right. Yeah, I remember it well. And it, it was quite frustrating indeed because they like to wee them out once a year. So they wave at the crowd um, and you watch them get a year older every year. And then when they go to not have that recognition is, is, is shameful. So, yes, quite right. Here, here. Hello, everybody. Summer is here. And when there's no Swindon town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. Okay, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. 
Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cause we only know that there's gonna be a show And this wind and time will be there Right, let's move to the 11. We'll start with the goalkeeper. 27 appearances, 9 clean sheets, part of the 2019-2020 PPG promotion. You've gone for Stevie Bender. Yeah, I, I have. Um, there's, there's sort of a couple of reasons. One, he was an extremely good goalkeeper. Um... I think I think the reason why he sort of fits in the players I'd have regretted not seeing is um, it, it's partly a little bit through this is what you know sort of one of the players I've been able to speak to an interview um, his comp the confidence he had in himself generally was entirely disproportionate to a human being of his age and his apparent footballing experience i didn't think anything could have phased him i think we could have let off firecrackers doing an interview with steve <laughs> bender and he he would have just carried on regardless and it was kind of um enjoying the success of that season also enjoying that confidence translate into a a slightly sort of you know nervous not particularly inspiring first appearance which i think was i think it was plymouth in the the ldv vans trophy and it was sort of transitioning out from McCormick and giving Steve Bender his chance to so the the goalkeeper who I can remember pulling off a couple of brilliant saves in in what seemed like that season defining game at at Northampton and and being a bit a big part of that side and someone someone you could rely on for someone so young and so inexperienced so the 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 joy if you like was just seeing that that development as well as him being part of a um, a, a successful team and that and that kind of confidence he had in himself a, a little a little bit of I think is is perhaps sort of um, Germanic but but not much I think I think he's just one of those um, rare people unlike me who's blessed with a, a kind of inf- infallible infallible self belief yeah out of like recent lonely goalkeepers if you if you ask me which one would be playing for Bayer Leverkusen um, in the near future I tell you it would have gone with Stevie Bender over. Uh, Matty Kovac, but fair, fair play to him. But yeah, a great goalkeeper and one that we didn't see for as long as we would have liked to due to the, the lockdown. But yeah, lovely. Thank you. And he, of course, you saw. The next one, you're right back. You didn't see. Uh, played for Swindon between 1960 and 1964. 96 games, no goals, but part of that 62-63 promotion team. It's Terry Wallen. Yeah, now... Uh... I think I think Terry Wallen is quite a fascinating figure because he, um, may, the, it's one of the famous parts of Swindon history for for nerds like us who do sort of love the love the sixes. John Trollope and Terry Wallen make their debuts on the same day. They're the youngest football pair of fullbacks in a in a football league game by by all accounts. I can't imagine that has that has changed since. And all the the players of sort of that era and even the players at the time speak of his. His kind of ability so highly. I, th- I don't think John Trollope likes to sort of overplay his ability, um, as it were. But I think he seems pretty convinced that Terry Wallen was probably a better player than him. And he's he's a sort of sad story of 
of that kind of era of football in the sense that he had one bad leg break and it never quite and it, I think he did come back a little bit but he simply wasn't you know wasn't the same wasn't the same player you know quite quite often at that point you bre- a player would break their leg and that that essentially sort of wrote off their career so I think I think the reason why I regret not having seen Terry Warren is partly because he's of that that sort of era that holds a fascination for me, but partly you would like to get a sense of perhaps how good a player um, he could have been because he is t- he is talked about by those who sort of saw him in in that particularly high regard. Yeah, no, really good entry, and I think he's one of many footballers from the early sixties that Swindon had that if they they didn't stick around. For the remainder of the decades, they just get lost because, of course, Rod Thomas comes in and he's one of our all-time greats and therefore the Wallen factor fades very quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, yeah, you're right. They they do they do kind of find a, find a good replacement for him. For I, mean, I think he came back and did a little bit of, of coaching and stuff by all accounts, so he, he kind of kept up the, the Swindon connection. But, but yeah... I, I think I think I think some of the players I've picked are are just sort of particularly good players, but hopefully there's a few sort of behind a few sort of um, around like tell you have a bit who where the kind of story draws you as as well as their their kind of on pitch achievements. Absolutely. Next up, I imagine you're playing him at centre half as a defender as opposed to his exploits as a centre forward. A absolute great of Swindon Town, just the 601 appearances and 165 goals. His final season was that promotion season, I believe, before he moved on into the coaching staff. Played for Swindon between 1947 and 1963, of course, Morris Owen. Yeah, and and again, um, a player you'd, you'd love to see, partly because it sounds like he had a, a, a really sort of high amount of ability as a as a striker, I think he's. It sounds like he could have been sold on to to higher division clubs because I, I think a lot of I think a lot of his early career is spent kind of um, being a shining light in a pretty awful team in Division Three South, as it were. There early where the the early sort of I think the early kind of fifties is a pretty sort of barren period in in Swindon history, bar Morris Owen, um, essentially. So. Um, Apparently, apparently, I think a sort of you know a classic sort of old-fashioned centre forward who was who was sort of strong in the air. So again, you you'd love to have seen him play. You'd love to you'd love to know and understand more um, about his era. And the the nice thing is, um, again, going back to without which sound too indulgent to the sort of sixty two sixty three podcast. There were there was a little bit of sort of old footage of various Swindon things in the sixties that I was able to dig out. Sadly, um, the um, it has to remain locked in the BBC archives for various copyright reasons. Because I'd love to share it. And there, um, there is a game where you do sort of see Morris Owen playing at the back. It's a, an FA Cup game with Bath. So, um, but that 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 did that did feel like gazing briefly on a unicorn, a sort of mythical, <laughs> wow, yeah. a myth, a mythical, a mythical creature that, that did in fact exist. And he sort of, he, you know, he's kind of playing at the back, and there's a bit of a bob, there's a bit of the, the sort of classic Bobby Charlton, God rest his soul, Como going on but but yeah but but just by all accounts a, a really fine player who sustained Swindon in a an era where there, there maybe wasn't that much else to go uh, to go and turn up for at, at three o'clock on a Saturday yeah um Morris's partner in crime was of course Sam Burton so listening to Sam Burton a few years ago and see his eyes shine whenever the picture of Morris Owen and him 
was on the page was was a really really lovely site which which I'll, I'll never forget so yeah lovely um next one well i mean if this is back to a couple of players now that you did see contrasting careers shall we say this one if i've never heard anyone say a bad thing about this swindon town footballer a center back 259 appearances for Swindon, 33 goals, part of the 92-93 side scored in the final. There you go, you've got him. The Prem season, the 94-95 League Cup run, captain for 95-96, and then Steve McMahon did Steve McMahon things. (laughs) He's the only only player of our generation that made us go, ooh, it's Sean Taylor. Yeah, I think think just uh, an irresistible choice. There's um, there's nothing quite like the... The satisfaction of seeing a opposition team put two players on Sean Taylor at a corner, not one, and him still powering through and scoring anyway. But um, although um, he fulfilled every wonderful central defender cliche of them probably being better on the ball than central central defenders are meant to be, but um, the classic player who would seemingly take any knock, any lump, any you know, uh, go go through um, uh, any shattering of any particular bone to to try and win Swindon points, and just that um, the joy the joy of the threat he was from corners was a um, a, a glorious thing all of its own. It really was. I can't begin to tell you how much I loved that guy when I was a kid <laughs> growing up, and I can't begin to tell you how angry I was that. They, they bombed him out and to a rival club. I don't care what people say. You know, Bristol City back in 96, they're a rival club. Yeah, yeah. It, um, and for it, nothing as well, really, for peanuts, it was... Crazy. Yeah, it was... Um, what was it? It was, like, it was like 50 grand or something. And he, he, was still a, he was still in a position to, I would think, to give us, give us more at that point. But um, Steve McMahon and Swindon history is a whole kind of thing that... I'll I'll never entirely forgive him for it, I think, or his his kind of apparent lack of respect for it. I think Sean Taylor got player of the season at Bristol City. If it wasn't two seasons in a row, he certainly got it at least once. So yeah, he could have given us more. And considering the centre backs that, that came in after, they weren't exactly spring chickens, were they? So no, no. Um, no. Well, anyway, um, we'll, we'll stick with the McMahon theme because this player was pure McMahon. So if you've got players that left because of McMahon. Now we have a player who has found his way into this eleven, and he is pure Steve McMahon. He played 68 times for Swindon um, over five seasons, so he was never almost Ellis Iandolo numbers, really. <laughs> um, yeah, shall we say tough tackling, two goals, technically part of the 95-96 squad, £15,000 well spent to Albion Rovers, it's Lee Collins. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it it does sound bizarre when you move from Sean Taylor to Lee Collins in one in one swift move. Um, I will I will say, but I will say before we we kind of carry on where we are. Actually, for fifteen thousand pounds from Albion Rovers, from what I can remember of seeing him play, that wasn't a bad deal. No, absolutely um, not. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, for for what he was, um, I've essentially chosen him because he seems. He seems symbolic of the Steve McMahon era, and without being completely um, one of those classic McMahon players who'd arrive in from some club in the northwest uh, late on in the a championship season, where we're 
absolutely filthy from any time, pretty much from February onwards. Play about four games, disappear, and you know their their club career would probably end up at um, Vauxhall Motors or or something like that. But he, he was a li- he was a little bit better than that. But um, he kind of partly represents the signing of Steve McMahon frequently of players in his own image. But he wasn't a bad player. He did play in that game. I did check this against Manchester City that we talked about. It's it's kind of, you know, um we're we're a bit short on midfielders this week. Come on Lee Collins, come in and and do and do your job. And and yeah, he, he was all right, but he he's kind of here um to symbolise Am I glad I lived through the Steve McMahon era? Well, sort of yes yes and no. It it seemed um it seemed pretty chaotic at the time. It seemed like we were on the downside. It seemed like he he did it. It felt like Steve McMahon did quite a lot of just damage to the soul of the club. Um, perhaps this is being younger and being more intense about it, but it, it felt like that. And yet, now I look back, by God, we'd be delighted to not win any of the last 10 games in the championship and finish 17th. <laughs> and that's that's usually what we that's usually what we tended to do, and Lee and Lee Collins was part of that. So maybe maybe at some point before I I shuffle off this mortal coil, I will somehow make my peace with the the Steve McMahon era. But it feels increasing. It still feels pretty unlikely, even um, even at this age. But yep, um, like, like I say, I'm not I'm not in, I'm not picking him to say that he was a a particularly bad player or a dud. Like I say, from the 15 grand from Albion Rovers, he did all right, but he's he's very much a McMahon encapsulation. And I'm sort of I'm sort of I was glad and around to to see what ultimately was quite a lot of Championship football as uh, as now is. Yeah, only Championship football, wasn't it? I mean, unless he played in the first. No, I think his whole career, bar at the first five games, are um, a Championship level, which which is. And then he went on to play for Blackpool and play in finals and win medals for them with Steve McMahon as well, didn't he, um, in the early 2000s? But yeah, yeah, Lee Collins definitely encapsulates an era. That's for sure. Now we go back to players that you sadly didn't get to enjoy, uh, which is a shame because the next one is a huge favourite from that time just before you. I think it, if the uh, if the years work out, uh, 216 appearances for Swindon, 42 goals, part of the uh, League Cup run of the of the very, very, very early 80s, um, which we got robbed against Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's Ray McHale. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, this is this is is partly a sort of um, a kind of history pick, as as well as a sort of Ray McHale pick. Um, if if you like, but um, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that League Cup run because again, that's that's quite a thing that gets overlooked, isn't it? Um, I think I think people remember the the game against Arsenal, don't they? I'm trying to make sure I'm not getting my my various cup successes mixed up there. <laughs> I think Vic Morgan still preaches the gospel of that side because it is. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a forgotten era for Swindon because it was a brief renaissance, really, after a few tough years, and then the years that follow are quite tough too. So it was like the eye of a storm and it sounded like great fun, but ultimately, due to uh, skullduggery, we missed out on another final. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yes, Paul, Paul Bradshaw, I'm sure is still happy about it, but um, <laughs> uh, but 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 yeah, it's uh, I think Ray McHale, Bowler Council is like good player, sort of driving, you know, good player in in central midfield. But the the other thing you seem to hear about Ray McHale is he, um, he always comes up when it comes up to winding up Gillingham fans and perhaps other fans in general as well. So uh, th- 
you've you've got Lee Collins to do a bit of the uh, a bit of the kind of tackling work, and you've got Ray McHale in midfield to to wind them up to go with them. Gem- generally, by and large, it's sort of more more I guess fair flair players and and um, nostalgia players. But but yeah, um, I think I, I think I would have enjoyed seeing Ray seeing Ray McHale um, just you know. Um, Leave a lot of Gillingham fans looking very irritated at different times. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. Go on, go for them. Yeah, um, a, a lovely uh, inclusion there. The next one, I mean, I'm shrugging my shoulders at the moment because what what more can be said about this gentleman? Uh, 490 appearances, 180 goals, part of 62, 63. I think it was his first season, but yeah. more importantly, 68, 69 and 69, 70. I like to think you're including him to see what he was like in 76, 77 when he came <laughs> back. Uh, it's Don Rogers. Um, I'd, I have to confess I'm not. So, so shame, 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 shame on me, but it, um, it just felt impossible to leave him out really. Um, I, th- I think, I think you get, you do get a, there's probably like enough footage around to give you some idea. I think, you know, there are, there are a few sort of, um, of his kind of Swindon games on a little bit of Swindon stuff on YouTube. There's obviously a bit, a bit more of his sort of um, time when he did get a chance in the, in the top division for, for Crystal Pass. And you, you can kind of see how you can see how good he is and how, you know, how he's, he's got that kind of body swerve and he leaves players for dead. But, but again, um, you know, sort of maybe mid, maybe kind of late sixties, um, you know, maybe even the season after when he's he's gone up higher division, you'd you'd love to sort of just um, roll up, click through the turnstile. Swindon have won the league cup the season before. Let's let's say it's October in 19, October in nineteen sixty nine. You're making you're making you're looking like you can have a decent crack at division two, and you're just waiting for Don Rogers to go and terrorise some harassed looking eye swivelling fullback um, uh, who th- who thinks they're a decent division two player and is about to discover that perhaps they're not. An unbelievable summary. Really enjoyed that. I, I think Don Rogers need you say more. I think um, yeah, exactly. on that front. I think you know we we've seen snippets for those who didn't see, and everybody I know who saw Don Rogers play in his pomp. It's universal. There's not one person that says you know a bit overrated. Um, so in he goes. Next one, we'll go back to the McMahon era. But I think it's it's Jimmy Quinn that that ruined the uh, the romance for this one. A uh, hundred and twenty six appearances for Swindon, twenty eight goals. Just one of the most gifted footballers I've seen in the Swindon Town shirt. Doesn't quite pit Glenn Hoddle, who I completely agree with with you on that. Ninety six to ninety nine. Mark Walters. Yeah, again, a, a kind of happier a happier aspect of a of a frustrating era was watching Mark, watching Mark Walters play and, and display that skill and, and display that on the wing. He kind of had his sort of specific tricks. He'd all, he'd always seemed to um, kind of dummy to cross a couple of times, then cross. Um, but there were, you know, there, there was, you could see, even though again, the career's a little bit coming off from the peak that there were, there was a lot of talent there and there was genuine quality and, um, I can remember going to a pre-season friendly at Woking because it was just down the road when Sunday were playing there and Mark Walters was was playing in that. And I, th- I think what told you how good he was, was you could clearly... Um, he was obviously trying to score a specific goal by, I think, memory's a bit hazy here, of, of just sort of, you know, bending it around the keeper into the corner. Um, 
sort of into, into the top corner, had one go, didn't quite get it right. I think he had a second go, didn't quite get it right. And then the third time, it's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this right till I do this. A third time, bang, it's it's sort of it's perfect. And the first the first two attempts were close, but you could kind of see exactly what he wanted to do, exactly what he felt like doing, and it was good enough to either get extremely close or or do it. And there were and that, you know, that sort of level of kind of comfort and arrogance with your your abilities, healthy arrogance, I should say, in that in that case. And and yet he would you know, when things weren't going particularly well, you could you could hope you'd see Mark Walters do something interesting, and that would um, that would perhaps um, temper uh, temper a defeat. Yeah, and, and another player in this side that could wind people up as well. Yes, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> it's a, he's part he's part of the the famous beach and wind up game. I think. Yes, isn't he? indeed, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest his rest his soul as well. Indeed, indeed. Yep. Brilliant. Mark Walters really enjoyed and then went on to play 80, 90 appearances for Bristol Rovers. So there was still more in the tank, but he just wasn't getting a start, I don't think, um, under Jimmy Quinn, which ended up, we were probably also broke. And Yes, yeah, I, I, would ima- I would imagine <laughs> that would. Um, I would imagine that that you probably go go back through this list and that yes. that's probably a factor for a lot of this lot I, leaving. I it? think probably, yes. And next one, an absolute legend. Another one I would say maybe a victim in terms of his Swindon legacy with what happens in the years that follow, but it didn't really matter to this one because he went on to a, a first division career and a popular one with several clubs, but we'll focus on Swindon, 237 appearances, 88 goals, the superstar or a superstar of 62-63, played for Swindon between 59-65. It's young Ernie. It's uh, Ernie Hunt. Yeah, again, again a, a player who you, you see a tiny little bit of on um, on YouTube, uh, but of course it, it's much more, well, it's pretty much all the his famous sort of free kick against Coventry, but um, you you look back and you dig into the archives and it just sounds so exciting. You've got a, you've got a player making his debut at sixteen or seventeen who seems to be able to handle all the physical stuff of back in that era. He's scoring goals. He's scoring key penalties for Swindon in that that promotion season at the end where it looks like it might go wrong. He sounds like an absolute larger than than life character. You get a bit of a hint of it on the cuts hair, the sort of yeah. the six days something <laughs> kind of kind of. Cuts hair. I think. Um, I, th- I think there's a there's a bit in there about him. You know, uh, what's what's the line? It's. I think it's like Ernie Hunt's photo is pinned under the desk of many a Swindon schoolgirl. I think. I think. I think it's part. It's part of the narration. So ob- obviously that obviously kind of charismatic, um, good footballer, lots of potential. Clear clearly had a kind of very good career on him. So. You know how exciting to go down and see one of your one of your local players look like he's going to blossom and have a a great career in the game and help Swindon to success while he's doing it. Yeah, I think there's a generation that probably got frustrated with how people talked about Ernie Hunt um, and referencing his career at Coventry, um, maybe Wolves, but mostly Coventry because of his match of the day exploits and just going. He was Swindon though, and I, I I still feel that with Mike Summerby. Whenever I see Mike Summerby celebrated by Man City, I think he played over two hundred times for Swindon. You know, we're, we're the one that we're the ones that that, that dug, you know dug him out from non-league and gave exactly. and gave him a chance. Thank thank you, thank you very much. Exactly, our legacy of the sixties is significant, and Ernie Hunt is one of those. Our final two are players that you did see. We go back to the Premier League. Just incredible that a man can have a legacy 
of two, well, one and a bit seasons, one and three quarter seasons, both get relegated and still be considered so, so popular. 87 appearances for Swindon, 38 goals. It's Jan Fjortoft and... It's 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 hard not to just absolutely love this man, and he still does a good job at it uh, today. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I, I think, um, yes, I, you try not to get too seduced by, by players, even at, even at that even at that point in your younger career, because um, uh, you know they they may come, they may go sooner sooner or later. But um, the Fjortov story is brilliant. How it how it goes from complete fiasco to um, absolute absolute goal scoring machine um, within within half a season. Um, he's got the, as the distinctive celebration the fact he's funny, he's charismatic, um, you know, and and was a kind of a player who who ju- who just lit up a season which was brilliant in one sense and catastrophic um, in another. Um, one random memory which is by by far the le- by far the least important, but it. Again, this, this is quite cathartic for me doing some of this. I'm not going to mention Steve McMahon here, you'll be shocked to know. Um, was uh, when we went to play Manchester City up at Main Road, I went to that. We went 1 0 up. Fjortoff scored. Then he gets a header, and we're 2 0 up at another team who are struggling. We're not completely cut adrift at this point in terms of points. And you really think at that point, Swindon are apparently 2 0 up away. You know we're we're a bit better at defending by this stage, and you st- you actually see this brief moment. There's this chink of light where you think maybe, despite the fact we've been pretty bad for lots of this, we might actually have a chance of getting out. And then the goal's disallowed, and Manchester City go on to win. And I'm sure there's a photo somewhere where it's supposedly disallowed for a push, and there's Fjortoff with his hands out, and he's not making any contact with whoever the Manchester City defender was. So that that fear. That's um that's possibly a bit of a down note to remember um but ultimately charismatic, funny, great great player shouldn't shouldn't underestimate the great player to go with the the charisma as well and again like um you know like like some of the other other players we've mentioned here um it it's pretty it's pretty clear that he still holds Swindon in in affection and the fact the fact we didn't. You know, again, again, as I say, I'm slightly. I don't remember people ever really turning on him, despite the fact that he didn't score for so long. There just seemed that kind of kindness, and it seemed that kind of kindness and and goodwill. And, and without wishing to sound too much like in my day, blah blah blah. Um, can you imagine that happening? I'm not sure I can imagine that happening in the current social media age for a, a big money for us, Premier League signing, who goes on a run of, you know, no goals in about 20 games. But um, it, it's just nice. We kept faith with him and ultimately he repaid us in spades um, until some manager who we won't mention sold us. For Jason Trump, for Jason Trister. Oh no! Um, you promised. If, if I Sorry. was him, if I was him, I would have leaned more into like your rapid Vienna career, and he's he's got he's got this kind of cult status with Eintracht Frankfurt hasn't exactly he, for, keeping, yeah. for, keep, for keeping out much else. But no, I I didn't. I can't imagine his um, his overall media presence is enhanced by mentioning Swindon. But he doesn't. No, anyway. no, and and yeah, we're his first English club, which is always nice. And um, yeah, really, really like it. And frankly, it's weird because if he doesn't score at Bolton, 
we get to Wembley, he stays for the rest of the season. And yeah. um, and if he stays regardless, we stay up that year and the world is a different place. So yeah. and 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 then may and then maybe he moves and you don't feel quite so and you probably don't feel quite as sour about it. Exactly right. Oh well. Um but this is a positive. Yes. Um this is a positive. But this one has its not weirdness. Your final entry, um a most um, um, another recent one has a weird feel to it. But it's record breaking. You know, it was the most extraordinary spell over just not even a whole season, 29 appearances, 25 goals, a transfer saga, a record-breaking run, and Owen Doyle. Yeah, I d- it just felt impossible. Um, yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. As kind of time, as kind of time ticks on... Um, Hopefully, although I'm, I'm never sure it will entirely, the the kind of absence of the climax to the COVID season and the utter unraveling afterwards won't feel quite as painful, and the mem the good memories of that season will stay. And it's um, it's the classic summer romance, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. We hit it off absolutely perfectly. It was one brilliant moment in time. It worked beyond the wildest expectations of anyone um, as to how as to how good and how effective he was. And again, as one of the players I've interviewed, um, no no side to him, no guile, lovely guy. And I always thank him for giving me probably my favourite post-match quote ever when he's gone into the crowd at Plymouth on what might have been his farewell game. And I said, what was that like? And he's, he said it smelt of beer and man love. And that and that just <laughs> that just made me laugh no end. And yet it probably summarised it absolutely uh, perfectly. But um, yeah, and you would it just it got to the point where any sort of presentable chance he didn't score, I was genuinely surprised. I think when on those on those rare occasions he missed, but yeah, everything came together perfectly. Um, Richie Wellens, by all accounts, did a lot. You know, he was Doyle was absolutely key not only because of the goals, but because of the fact he was so clever in the box um, that you could kind of put him in there almost on his own, and he would he would cause problems for sort of. Multiple, multiple defenders, just because of the sort of movement, the way he played, and that that allowed Swindon to do other things as as well. So, um, big part of the team, but it's you know just a centre forward who arrives and just cannot stop scoring goals. What more do you want? Just got stitched up by geography at the end, didn't we? So yeah. it, it is a thing. Okay, so there's your eleven: Stephen Bender in goal, and then Terry Wallen, Morris Owen, Sean Taylor, Lee Collins, Ray McKell, Don Rogers, Mark Walters, Ernie Hunt, Yanaga Fjortoft. And Owen Doyle, that team is going up. You get to have co-managers. I'm going to guess Bert Head and Glenn Hoddle. Mm, yeah, I think I think Bert Head has to has to to go in there partly for the, the sort of the first promotion, but but partly he he does appear to have done a, a brilliant job in terms of just dragging the club up from that that sort of um the point where Swindon were. You know, having to having to get re-elected, the the archaic system where everyone would politely um, have a meeting at the end of the season in the football league, presumably smoking lots of cigars and drinking cognac, as you would imagine, and, and there would be a vote among the chairman and the ch- 
and the sort of chairman of the club was saying, you don't want to possibly throw out, throw us out. We're, you know, we're very nice. Have, have you seen how nice our, our nice our boardroom is? We do a terribly good spread, you know, and so on, so on and so forth. And they brought, <laughs> and the, the teams would come back in and unless you're Barrow or Workington, where it's like, right, we can get rid of these Cumbrians and save a load of money. Out you lot go. Um, so yeah, a pretty archaic, pretty corrupt system. So I've gone off a complete tangent there. But well, geography um, saved us at this point. <laughs> yes, but 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 Bert had clearly did a a superb job in um, just uh, finding a way to to turn around a pretty moribund club and produce a, a thrilling sort of generation of of young players. Um, really, and yeah, I, th- I think I think Glenn Hoddle is probably. Is probably fair. Um, I think there's a slight part of me is sort of tempted if we're going to if we're going to drift and have one one manager that um, you've got co-managers. Yeah, no, no. I've got. I suppose Glenn Hoddle is one I've seen, but there's a bit there's a bit of me that's got an itch to put Richie Wellens in there. You oh, know, okay. although I probably I probably should put Hoddle um, in there, but Wellens did such a again a, a good job in turning around a a pretty moribund feel around the place and and sort of recapture and and reinvigorate. Hoddle did a brilliant job in a, in a different way of finally delivering that chance at the top flight that Swindon should have had and didn't get. So, I mean, ultimately, ultimately Hoddle probably deserves it, but but I'm I'm a, I'm a sucker for people who come and breathe life into breathe life into the club when it's on one of its it's sort of lower ebbs. I, I didn't really see enough of the Lou Macari era to kind of um, put him in. So it, it probably should be Hoddle, but yeah, Hoddle just it's Richie Wellens. Yeah. It's Richie Wellens. No, no, maybe it is Wellens. It's, I don't know. it's Wellens. I can, I yeah, can go on it. then. Go on then. Let's, yeah, let, let's, let's, have, let's have one I, got, I kind of got to speak to and got, got a kind of sense of as a, yeah. as a person as well. If you'll forgive me, Binks. If you'll forgive me being slightly self-indulgent, he says, after about like an, an hour and a half of venting at Steve McMahon and all the rest of it. The, the, the my eleven is if nothing but self indulgent, and that's been an absolute thrill to listen to. So I think that's a perfect way to end. Andrew, thank you very much. An uh, absolute joy. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 